In version 5.3, MongoDB has introduced a new feature called a clustered collection. And I want to uh, going into a deep dive into how this functionality work and how it can actually improve the performance of your reads and of your writes. And before we do that, we really need to explain how Mongo used to store uh, collections and documents in these collections and the the in de on desk storage uh, representation if you will and then how cluster collection can actually improve that and of course everything that we do in software engineering that has a cost so when we introduce a new feature it comes with its own limitations and it's good to understand these limitations right so let's talk about clustered collections in mongodb Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. So before we talk about cluster collections in MongoDB, I want to talk about how regular collections or unclustered collections, those regular collections that you create in version 5.2 or earlier, even 5.3, you have an option to enable those, right? The cluster collection. But how does the normal collections work? You see, and in recent versions, the so version 4 and newer, uh, Mongo acquired this data storage company called Wired Tiger. It's a database engine that allows you to do this Mongo, uh, that allows you to do ACID, uh, multi-version concurrency control and concurrency and other things, you know? And uh, the way Wired Tiger and MongoDB stores thing is they have a hidden index. Now the history about, behind this hidden index I discussed in my deep dive on the MongoDB architecture. If you want to go there, check that video out. But essentially that hidden index, the key to that hidden index is called the record ID. And you, there's no way, as far as I know, you can to see that ID or that key. That record ID is a 64 bit integer, so eight bytes. And in that hidden index, the key is that record ID and the value in the leaf pages of that hidden index is the document that you store, which is the basin document, the binary JSON. And it's compressed and all that jazz for efficiency reasons. So when you submit a document to store in a collection, it goes into that hidden index that you don't see. Right? But then you say you might say, Hossein, I don't really deal with that record. I have an ID field, an underscore ID field, or I can create my own other indexes. Right? So that other ID field that you actually visible to you that is auto generated for you is actually another B3 index. So there is one B3, B plus three index that's hidden, right? And that's technically 
already clustered around that record ID with the documents. And the documents are live in the leaf pages. Then you have the underscore ID, which is your the object ID of that document. And that the underscore ID field is actually around 12 bytes, right? Um, in size, that key. And the value that in that B tree, so when I say value, that when you do a traversal on that tree and you find that ID, the corresponding value, because B tree is always a key value at the end, right? The leaf pages stores the value where of that key that you just found. And the value is actually the record ID we talked about. Right? So we have, when you technically search for a document by its ID, you do the get on Mongo, the command get on ID, you actually do two reads. And MongoDB documents actually call it reads. It's actually kind of an understatement because it's not just reads, it's it's a it's two B three seeks. It's not the same as a just a read. A read indi indicate that it's a single I O. Not really, right? A read here or a B three seek. You're actually traversing the internal nodes to find on the ID field to ID, on the ID index just to find the record ID. Then that's that doesn't give you the document. You have to take that record ID and then go and then go to the hidden index and do another B3 traversal, right? And if you know how B3 works, you check the root, and then you intermediates, and then you go to the leaf, and then you fetch the leaf page, and then from the leaf page, you find, oh, here's my record ID, and here's my documents. And if you're lucky, and that page holds many other documents, you cache this whole thing in the buffer, buffer pool, Hopefully, the next record ID you, you request is in the same document, right? But unfortunately, it never is, right? Because this thing is always random. That it causes random IOs. The architecture of unclustered collection, which is the default, requires you to do a double read or double B3 seeks, right? Just to find the document you're looking for. Same thing for the right. When you when you write a document, you write it in the hidden index and you update the B3 structure for that hidden index, you get a brand new record ID. You take that record ID and insert it into the appropriate location after generating, generating a new ID field for you and then update that index. So you're doing double writes effectively. So to summarize, on cluster collection, we have the ID field as an index and that points to when you do a search you find the id but then you don't find the document immediately that you're looking for you actually find a record id a pointer and when i say a pointer i don't mean a c pointer here or a memory pointer no I'm, i mean an actual value that you use to do another traversal on another index which is the record id and that will give you the index the the, the document so there is two b3 traversals in now and we know that the cluster collection which is in 5.3 and 6.0 actually removes that hidden index altogether and then makes the id index your clustered index that is becomes your cluster index and means the document is stored in line in that id 
index. Right? And of course, naturally, you only can have one cluster index because that's what you have only one way to store your data. Yeah? So now when you do an ID lookup, you do you go use the ID index and then you immediately find the ID key and the value now is not the record ID anymore. It's actually the whole document, the base and document. Right? And then you boop, return it after you decompress it and do all that jazz. So that's that's what cluster collections is. So you're doing a single read, right? You're doing a single write. You're changing one thing instead of two. So your queries are faster, your updates are faster, your inserts are technically faster, even your range queries are faster. Why? If you're doing a range query on the ID, give me all documents between this ID and this ID. Like, and and because the ID field is is incremental, it has a timestamp, right? I think in the first few bytes, then it's actually very nice to do a range query in a cluster index because we know that these IDs will live together, will be next to each other. That will give us fewer page IO to disk. And we're gonna give, and all the documents that we're gonna look are on the same hot pages that we find, right? Compare this to the older design, where if you do a range query on an unclustered index, all you're gonna find is record IDs, right? But these record IDs, can you guarantee that they are actually exactly next to each other in the hidden index? Maybe, maybe not. So that will cause actually random reads on the hidden index while sure that range query was sequential the randomness to actually get the documents to go to the hidden index that is random and random is bad when it comes to databases right we try to avoid random because when you do random you're paging you're reading from multiple places in desk uh, you're lowering the case, uh, cases of logical reads, which is basically page hits or memory. And as a result, things can get slower. And uh, as you pull in fresh pages that are random, you have to discard older pages that you didn't use for a long time. And most of the time, if you discard an old page, chances that you're going to need it again are very high because everything is random and you have a limited amount of memory. So with that said, we know what a cl and cluster collection. We know cluster collection. Let's go to the doc and read this and discuss more. All right. So this is the MongoDB official documentation cluster collections, new in version 5.3. Starting in MongoDB 5.3, you can create a collection with a cluster index. Collections created with a cluster index are called cluster collections. And you can only have one cluster index. We talked about what a cluster index is. is, is it's, when, it's when your data is in the index, right? And it's also called a primary index in other databases. So every time you hear the term primary index, it is mostly a cluster index, Postgres being the exception. And I think Oracle also is an exception, uh, unless you create an index organized table specifically right? by default. And even SQL Server like have this idea. You can create a primary key, but you can make it a clustered index. So actually cluster your data around that index, right? as opposed to have it just uh, as a heap table somewhere and point to it. 
benefits benef uh, because cluster index store the documents ordered by the cluster index value cluster collection have the following benefits over non-cluster collection faster queries on cluster collection without needing a secondary index such as queries range equine and equality comparison with on the cluster index so if you're doing something on the cluster index it's fast because if you're looking for a certain document it's in line in that document in in that in that index there is no other jumping to another hidden index to get that document it's right there and we talked about range how range scans are really nice if you go hey give me all the documents or just not all documents just all the particular fields in a document in this uh, range right again not cluster cluster collection have a fewer lower storage size which improve the performance of the queries and, and and bulk answers so the reason is have lower storage size because we used to store the hidden index with in line the the collection and the data the documents and then we also had the id index in a separate structure so we're storing we have we have two places to store things we have this additional data structure that we manage so more size right plus the id uh, index is not is, is is massive right it's 12 byte key right so it multiplies right plus the record the record id was eight bytes so you're storing eight bytes and storing a 12 byte keys so for each document and add to that the overhead of the key management in the b plus three the root the intermediate nodes it all adds up right so then the 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 storage lower what we might say i don't care about storage but storage kind of almost translates always to io right because if you're storing play, stuff in multiple places then you need to read multiple places to do an io in multiple places to fetch the thing that you want right and that's the problem really cluster collection can eliminate the need of a secondary time to time to live index so they they have a feature here called the time to live where you can set it uh, essentially an expire after x seconds on the cluster index and you can just use that feature to to delete a document that that expires i think redis has the feature as well right cluster collection have additional performance improvement for inserts updates and deletes and quit here they go into details all collections have an id index an unclustered collection stores the id index separately from the document as we explained right this requires two writes for inserts updates and deletes and two reads for quiz they they try to avoid talking about this hidden index because this is like a public user facing document but if you go to the from the forums and the threads you can you can clearly see that details right you can see it in conversations which is which i love and also i think i think in the source code which is mongo's open source right a cluster collection stores the index and document together in in id value order this requires one write for insert update and delete and one read for queries right uh, again when we say two reads and one read we're talking about an actual b3 traverser read it's not a single io no 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 it's not a single go to disk and ah hey this is a read no it can cause multiple ios one read is equal one or more ios here all right so be careful with this terminology okay? here behavior 
behavior cluster collections store documents ordered by the cluster index key value right and the key value for the id i think you can change it which is something you have to watch out for and we're going to talk about why you can you can have one cluster index in a collection because the document can be stored in only one order right makes sense only collections with a clustered index store the uh, store the data in sorted order you can have a cluster index and add secondary indexes to a cluster collection clustered indexes differ from secondary indexes now here's the interesting thing and i think they do mention it here hopefully, hopefully they do a cluster index can only be created when you create the collection so there are some limitations i suppose so they don't let you create an index cluster index after the fact that's to me that's just a limitation software limitation there is no technical reason not to do it they just they just uh, they want to do it later because probably <laughs> here's my guess i think the reason they don't want to do it is because to to create an index they have to acquire an exclusive lock like an almost an access exclusive lock on the whole collection you cannot do anything to that collection when i add a, uh, a cluster index and they didn't want to do that because uh it blocks it blocks reads and writes right so that's why they don't want to do it this is hey, just do it just just copy the collection to another collection and create the index cluster index there right because why do we need an exclusive access? Because we're reordering how data is stored, right? The whole thing is changing. It's, it's a massive, big change. So cluster index have to be done from scratch or just created from, uh, from the beginning. Uh, cluster collection limitation. You cannot transform a non-cluster collection to a cluster collection or the reverse. Instead, you can. So they're talking about this. Like, how, how do you convert a non-cluster collection, non collection to a cluster collection? You cannot just do it. You cannot just, hey, add a cluster index. Because that will acquire an exclusive log and they will block reads. That's my guess, I think. Right? They just don't want to do that. Or maybe they're more technical details that i'm i'm not aware of at least when it comes to mongo right but i i envision them having that feature in the future definitely because that that that's just right that's just something all databases almost all databases have right let me just create a cluster index right now by default if a secondary index exists on a cluster collection and the secondary index is usable by your query, the secondary is selected instead of the cluster index. So we gotta be careful with this. I still don't understand why would the secondary index be preferred over the uh, primary uh, index? It's just weird because what if I do like uh, where ID equal blah and the, the this field that I happen to index is X, right? it'll be really slow to use the secondary index just to get all these documents right and then filter the documents for that id so that is a really something really to watch out because it's, it can really uh uh cause degradation in performance right because Hey, I'm I'm literally pulling one document and I happen to have another filter. You just happen to use that index just because I had it. No, a proper 
problem plan, I will say, oh, that's a that's a more selective index. I'm going to use that. I don't have details as why they are doing that. It seems to be a bad idea, but there must be a technical reasons behind it. But so they tell you at least, hey, if you really know what you're doing, use a hint, which is good. I like that uh, Mongo uses hints, right? Mongo supports hints. So in that case, like if you actually doing something like this, right, then probably just hint the planner say, hey, please use this cluster index. So something to watch out for here. The clustered index key must be on the ID field. Sure, okay. You cannot hide a clustered index, hidden indexes. That's another thing. If there are secondary indexes for the cluster collection, the collection has a larger storage size. I'm glad I mentioned this. Let's talk about why the secondary indexes uh, have a larger storage requirement in cluster collection. And here's why. So to explain that, we need to know how secondary indexes work in unclustered or non-clustered collections. They do by the secondary index actually points to the record ID back in the older model. Right? So both the ID and the uh, and the, all the secondary indexes point directly to that record ID, which is just another uh, you know, B3 data structure. So if you search by ID or search by the secondary indexes, you are incurring dub the double reads we talked about, the double B3 uh, traversal, okay? And the secondary index in this case includes the key that you're indexing. Let's say this is the date of birth or, 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 or the salary or whatever the field is in the document. And then the value of the secondary index is the record ID, which is what we said is 64-bit, 8 bytes, right? So that's fixed, 8 bytes, never changes, the older. In the new model, in the clustered collection, the secondary indexes point not to the record ID because that doesn't exist anymore. What does it point to then? You don't have a choice. You have to point to the ID key. So that makes it identical to the AnnoDB MySQL model, right? Where now we're pointing to the primary key values. What is the size of the primary key? It is 12 bytes, not 8. So that's an additional 4 bytes you're incurring on the secondary indexes. So yeah, so you're incurring an additional 4 bytes in this case, right? Which might not seem much per record. Right, but can add up, right? So a few extra megabytes, four or five megabytes, right? And uh, it can add up, right? And if, especially if you have a lot of indexes, it can really, really, really add up. And it, what can make it worse is, uh, is, is if you did choose to change the ID field content and you're not using the default, that's the default is 12 bytes. If you, let's say, I, I've seen a lot of people use UUIDs, for example, and UUIDs, if you do store them, I suppose those are stored as string, right? If you store them as, if you store UUIDs natively, they are 16 bytes, 128 bits. But almost we 
rarely store them this way. We store them as a string and with the dashes. And based on whether it's UTF-8 or other encoding, that gives you like 36 bytes. That's a lot. That is a lot of bytes, right? So ju you're jumping from 8 bytes to 36. So that is massive per record. So there's like a significant difference. So you're talking about what, 28 bytes extra per record? So that makes your secondary indexes larger. You might say, who cares if the secondary indexes are larger? Well, the moment things get larger, IOs suffer. And the reason is because the page size, what is the page size in, in MongoDB? I can it says here, Wired Tiger is four kilobyte. I don't know if that's correct or not, but but if, if, it's, if it's really that small, then yeah, you need to do more IOs to fetch what you need, right? More pages. You need to pull more pages to fetch the things that you want, right? Because it's just just the thing that you want is no longer in fits in one page. It's in multiple pages, right? So the larger the, the, the index, the larger, the slower it gets, pull and you're trying to find what you're looking for and here's a and of course they go into the details here and how to create it so they go into details here says so like it should be small size as possible talking about the key because <laughs> very critical the key value selecting that key for the cluster index is critical right because it, it does support up to eight megabytes in size that just sounds like a bad idea to have a key in eight megabytes like that is going to be showing up in all your secondary indexes. If you don't have any secondary indexes, who cares? That's fine. But that's just, the, the, just that sounds like a bad problem to have. So, but a smaller index is, is a key is better. A cluster index key is better, of course. A large cluster index key causes the cluster to increase in size and the secondary indexes to even get larger. This reduces the performance and storage benefits of the cluster collection as we explained, right? Secondary indexes on a cluster index with large clustered index keys may use more space compared to secondary index with none, with none cluster because the, sec the secondary index with none cluster are fixed to because they are pointing their values point to this 8-byte uh, record IDs while the secondary indexes and cluster indexes in cluster collections, they point to this massive thing, the whatever you have in that case, right? So be careful of that. Uh, here's a short example how to create a collection. So you would specify a clustered index, and it has to be this, key ID 1, right? And it has to be unique, of course, and you can give it any name you want. And they, here, they give you how to do these examples. And But yeah. So that's what I thought I'll talk about, cluster collections. Sounds like an interesting feature. If you're using MongoDB, are you planning to use this feature? Let me know in the comment section below. Gonna see you in the next one. Goodbye.